Welcome to another episode of Florida Culture Podcast, a soccer podcast for us, by us. You got your hero, you got your leader in the game, got Grego here, you got my man Ringo here. Got a, got a guest in the house, man, Mark Nichols from Atlanta United Fan TV. What is going on, my man? Appreciate you guys for having me on. He is filling in for us for uh, for Coach Tony. He was out sick today. Uh, hopefully, he will be back next week. Uh, he's talking about he ain't doing he ain't doing no podcast. He ain't doing a game tomorrow. He said I'm, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm pretty sure he lost a lot of money on that Barcelona. That's why he got it. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are. <laughs> man, listen, that uh, we got to jump right into that one because man, I'm, I'm still kind of, my mind's kind of blown on that one. Like, so Champions League action today, today uh, second leg, Barcelona, Liverpool. Everyone thinking, hey, you know, 3 0, can't be done. It's yeah. over. Yeah. It's over. Liverpool's going to Liverpool. They're going to do what right. they do. Yeah. <laughs> Formality. And I mentioned this on Twitter. I was like, hey, because cause, uh, UEFA tweeted uh, the video of uh, the, the great comeback from 2005, you know, because they were down 3 0 in the Champions League final to AC Milan. They came back uh, to tie up the game, they won in penalties. And I was like, no, they've done this before. And they have a whole game this time. A whole game. They they went right back at it. Mind you, they didn't have most. Mo wasn't there. Bobby Firmino wasn't in there. Nope. You're thinking that you know it's just a formality. It, it, it's crazy though, because there's like leagues in this world that's doing away with uh, two leg stretches during playoffs. It, it, you know, because they yeah. said no one cares about that. People just want to see a one and done. Right. So it's crazy. I'm talking to you, MLS. Like, like <laughs> we need two legs again. Like, what are we doing? But it was exciting to see Liverpool get that breath of life. And yeah. it showed, like, yo, they, it was a fluke that first game. You know what I mean? And that's what everybody kept on saying that after that first leg. It was like, you know, it didn't feel like it was a real 3-0 beatdown. Right. And that, you know, they didn't say whether they can come back or not, but it just felt like, you know, they they had their opportunities. They just didn't capitalize off them last week. Or they got them this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I- Go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, the going back to that game last week, the main highlight from that was the free kick from Messi. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of a microcosm of Barcelona to a degree, though. I don't think people necessarily realize how much Messi bails them out. Yeah. Like, I mean, Barcelona's going to easily win their league for a oh, number yeah. of reasons. Yeah, it's like already Real, done. Real and Atletico weren't that good this year as right. well. So, but, I mean, uh, Messi's brilliant, but then, like... Uh, you can't do it by yourself. Can't do it by at yourself. The end of the day, because that's what Liverpool fixed this game. Like, Messi had two, three defenders on him at all times. Right. And it was frustrating and the thing is, like, Suarez, everyone knew what Suarez was going to do. So they pushed Suarez out to the wing. Yeah, he was performing. He was doing what he could do. But if he wasn't getting any service, he was just useless out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. Well, you had uh, Shakiri in place of Salah. You had Divac Origi, like, who is barely late played at all, apparently, this, this season. Yeah. Right. And uh, you had... Jorginho Wijnaldum come off the bench. You know, you got two goals from Origi. You got two goals from Wijnaldum. Like, first of all, that that game-winning goal 
the the corner uh, corner kick straight from the training ground. Like, I mean, who would have thought that would have worked? There's two sides of it, right? Because like from a Liverpool's perspective, it's like it's awareness and instinctiveness, and it's brilliant. But from a Barcelona perspective, that is awful. You got they were standing around. You were mad. I mean, but Barcelona was shook after they tied it up. Like you could see, like everyone had that SpongeBob meme, and they were just (laughs) like literally heads down, literally heads down. And they were they were shook. It, It was just embarrassing how bad. Barca played away from home. Yeah. No, it's funny though because like if you go back to like last season uh, when they were in the, um, I, th- I think it was the was was it quarter quarter against Ron Roma, mm-hmm. and they almost blew that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean the writing's been on the wall for Barcelona. Yeah. For, for like a little bit now, like they. If it's not the end of an era, like they need to do some real soul searching. It's, it's basically but like it's, yeah. it's it's like you're on the ledge and you keep on. It's like we're almost we're almost about like oh okay we're almost we're, okay we're so good yeah. like because they're good enough to, to win in Spain. But I think that yeah. you know as far as like winning in Europe because it's been four years since their last Champions League title. So you're talking about you know it may not be it's elite for for Spain easily, but. It may not be a leading more for I'm for Europe. Excited not to see a Spanish team win the championship. <laughs> that's it, true. It's, it's been a long time. That's true. Know, like to get some fresh blood to show. Like there's other powerhouses in Europe. Right. Yeah, cause this, cause this will be like the first time in what five years I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time five I years. So. Cause, because cause, yeah, Real's won all all the additions since then. Yeah. That's still because even when Real was in, when it was still Barcelona. So like you're talking about a good. I think the last one was 2013, decade. Bayern Munich. Yeah. About yeah. The last decade. It's yeah. been just about just Spanish ruled tournament. Yeah. Did y'all hear what Klopp said to his team, like in the dressing room before? No. Mm-hmm. It was great, man. Like he said, everyone is saying this is impossible, right? But with you all, anything is possible. But you saw like, so, so I'm most sure. He was like, never give up. Like, like, don't, like, Klopp is not just a manager, he's like a leader. Like, he has inspired that team to do what they never thought they could do, especially under Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Like before that, it's amazing. Yeah, they spent money on players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the it's day, combination. yeah, it's a combination. Like, look at Manchester United. They spent a shit ton of money. Right. And, a lot more than Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A yeah. shit ton of money. It's not where, not where it needed to go. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll get on that in a little bit. <laughs> but, but it's huge, though, like what Klopp has done for that club in that city and, like, how everyone is, like, on his back. Like, he will be a legend in that club forever. He, yeah, I mean, like, you look at someone like Divo Carigi, who has barely played at all this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he scores, like, that huge goal versus, I think, Everton. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, kind of lucky. And then he gets his moment today. And, yeah. and you know, those words coming from Klopp, that's going to mean a lot to someone like him, who's, like, he's not a regular in the first team. He's not a star. Right. But he has that belief, like, I can do this, too. I belong in the field with Barcelona and Messi. And- it's huge, man. You get hyped thinking about that. Because... It gives you faith that, like, the game is still, like, legitimate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're talking about, like, he's had a pretty big week. Because if you go back to, to uh, over the weekend, he scored the game winner against uh, uh, Newcastle to keep them into the uh, – yeah, keep them out. in the race. Yeah. yeah. Yes. In the race. Yeah, like it, it, it's going to come down to the last uh, weekend of the season this weekend. You know, where it's not it's going to be Liverpool or Man City. You know, like they're still it, they're still going. So it's you know it, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see like how things end up on Sunday. Uh, of course, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sunday is the last weekend yeah. of the season, pretty much throughout Europe. So, oh, throughout. Uh, me. I think Bundesliga goes another week. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, but I think Europe's not fully done. But I mean, they 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 about this close. Yeah, yeah. if it's not if it's not this week, it's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wrap. But yes, yeah, England wraps up this weekend, and actually, you you have Man City and Liverpool separated by by a point. Um, Basically, if Man City wins, they're they're champs. If uh, if Liverpool uh, Liverpool has pretty, pretty much has to win. And, have to win, yeah, and then like you know, and and, and then get help from uh, from Man City, whether or not they uh, they win or draw or who's, have. Who does City play? City plays. Oh shoot, I just said it. Who do they play? They know, play Brighton. It's both Brighton. They both away Brighton. to Brighton, and now Liverpool plays uh, Wolves, Wolverhampton. Home to Wolves, yeah, and that, and that that's home to your boy. <laughs> Yeah. Woo. yeah, Nuno, 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 my, my asterisk brother, <laughs> Ash team, hashtag asterisk. But it, it's it's Liverpool's to lose at this point. You know, you know, I, like I, Wolves are tough, man. Like I don't, Wolves are tough. Like that, I if we had to pick, I say Wolves edge Liverpool out because Liverpool's gonna have this hangover from winning this game. They might, they might not. Because remember, like, because mind you, they they. They managed to, to pick themselves up after losing to Barcelona last week. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were down to Newcastle for a minute. They came back, came back and got and got the victory, and then rode that momentum to to, to today on Tuesday. So I wouldn't say it's impossible. Liverpool. I mean, I mean, Wolves knocked off Arsenal. Yeah, I mean they they, they knocked off. Oh yeah, Wolf, that Wolves is tough. Yeah, like, Wolves is tough. They knocked off Manchester twice in the same week. Like, man, hey, listen. That's, <laughs> listen, listen, we know about Wolves. <laughs> As I'm saying, it's like Liverpool have a t- a test. In front yeah. Of them. Oh yeah. Like Brighton, where's Brighton at the table? They but, bottom bottom of the table. No, the, I mean, that mid table. Mid table. So yeah. They might coast it. Like. Well, no, the seventeenth. Okay, so they're. But they're safe. They're like, just safe because relegation spots have already been been decided. Yeah. decided so that's but, uh, that's done and dusted. It's really just about you know who's going to win the title. Yeah, I mean, and look at Brighton last week. They played against Arsenal, right? Arsenal was involved, was involved in the top four race, and they drew to Brighton. Yeah. So I mean, these teams, Wolves, Brighton, whoever, like any of the top four teams in their games, they're all going to come to play. You can't so. sleep on them anymore. That's yeah. the thing is every team in the Premier League has money now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's like, exactly. There's, there's money and then there's big money. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's the thing with the Premier League, which separates them from a lot of the from other. From everyone else, really. Yeah. A lot of the other leagues in Europe is because the bottom of the table can still perform. Yeah. And that's what's exciting. And did you see that Brighton versus Arsenal when, when they stole when they stole that match from Arsenal? There was a player, I can't remember his name right now. He sat there and laughed at Arsenal players on the ground crying. And I was like, yo, uh-huh. why is this not on the internet right <laughs> I did not see that. That okay, is I'm epic. Post that, in the <laughs> yeah. that was great. <laughs> I was like, but that's what you want to do, especially when you break. <coughs> like you know, you don't have a chance. But it's like <laughs> if you ruin someone else's chance of going to Europe, man, exactly, it's the icing on the cake. That's that's football. I mean, yeah. that's sports. You know, you you need you gotta give yourself reason to compete. Right. Exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, speaking of taking, you know, not taking chance of your advantages and everything. Can we can we go ahead and you know pour out a little liquor for uh, for Man United? <laughs> could pour a lot of things. It, it's not a pour out. It's it's what they needed to start the rebuild. Like it, it, honestly, it's like no matter we spend all this money and we're not we are no longer top five anymore. So okay, let's just overhaul the whole entire thing. The the leadership has said they're going to go with Ali. Ali's going to be there. They're going to let him rebuild the club. 
we'll see what that means for next year. Paul was probably out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna probably they're gonna probably groom it in the way Alex Ferguson groomed of Manchester United back in the day. Because it seems like that's what they're trying to do is get that original culture back. I think the I think the more recent example that you could probably use is is Liverpool. Yeah. Because you know you talking about like. About six, five, six years ago, they were kind of in, in the same position where they had kind of fallen out, outside of the, the top four. You know, you'd have good seasons, you'd have bad seasons. And, you know, once they hired Klopp, I think they really uh, put things in focus to where it's like, okay, okay, this is where we are. We They, they let go Suarez. They said, you know, we have to, you know, kind of get holistic with this if we're going to get back to among the elite. You know, of course, you go back to when they uh, bought uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, at the middle of uh, of last season. You're talking about pretty much from uh, January 2018 to now, you've seen them, you know, basically go from an an okay team to basically among the top two or three in Europe. Right. And, you know, it, it definitely goes to show you that, one, if you invest – and you have good people in place, results will come. I, yeah, I mean, and so with Liverpool, I feel like this, today is a great day to talk about Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you, get the, you get the spotlight. You know what I mean? Like, but um, you know, they had that structure in place, even uh, with Rodgers, and it was controversial. But uh, with Klopp, I think you saw some real direction, um, and even before Klopp, like there's been. Their transfers have been solid. Like their performance in the transfer market has been solid. You go back to getting to Coutinho for I think ten million euros or something like that. Mm-hmm. Eventually selling him for one twenty. Yeah, you know, like yeah, way to flip some money. And yeah, he was and he was a great value buy. He was a great player for them. And then they sold him at peak value. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at players like Sadio Mane and um, even Mo Salah to a degree. Not necessarily looked at it the biggest teams when Liverpool bought them, but you look at how they've grown as players yeah. with Liverpool. And so, like, I, you know, there's... Obviously, there's a point where you have to spend the big bucks. They did that with Allison. They did that with Van Dyke. But I think with Man United, they've got to clean up the transfers, man. They're just pissing oh, yeah. money away. Yeah. And that's Angel thing. Di Maria comes for a year and he's gone, you know? Yeah. And, like, Pogba, you spend all this money on it. doesn't work out. is a great player. I don't care what anybody says. So why hasn't it worked? You know, like, there's a lot... Yeah, it, it's... I, I, they don't have a technical style anymore. And that's the problem I feel with Manchester United. It, it's like, it's the Harlem Globetrotters right now. It's just like, <laughs> we're just going to spend a bunch of money on all these players that are good at that one job they do, but they don't know how to work together. And it's it's proven it. I think that what you've had over, pretty much since Sir Alex uh, Ferguson left, is, and I kind of got, got to it last week. So, one, you're, you're getting away from the identity of, of what was Man United under Sir Alex. And then also you're, you have a lot of people to play positions that they're not exactly, that's not their role. Because, like, I'm in one of the uh, Man United uh, uh, group pages here to, from here in Atlanta. And, you know, we were talking about it on, on Sunday after the loss. Well, Ty, uh I should say, and you basically have like people are talking about how I think they were comparing uh, Wilfried Zaha to Martial, mm-hmm. and you know you're talking about how, how we we we're lacking a winger. Like 
we don't have any wingers. We have forwards who pose as as wingers. Yeah. And then you have, and it's the same thing with the midfield as well. Like you know, you have you have mids and and strikers posing as wingers. I'm like, we don't have any true wingers um, on the squad right now. Like Martial, like he came in as a striker. Rashford's a striker. Ma, Mata, he's a midfielder. He's playing out wide. Like we have no guys that really are doing what they, what they came in to do, and you keep on trying to mash this all together. Say, okay, let's force this and make this work. I'm like, no. Like you have to take a step back. It's okay. Like let's break this down. Say, like who do we need at each position and who is surplus, and and then work it out from there. You know, people people keep bitching about about um. United resigning Smalling and Jones yeah. and Young. I'm like, I got I got a problem with those signs. I think the the issue there is that you know, for the most part, you need guys above them to um on the squad because they're good for like back for backup roles. But you need some guys like okay, some real forces of nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, why is Ashley Young starting at left back in 2019? <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's, Listen, listen. It's Manchester United. I mean, we've said it like time and time again. It's their they're signing players just to sell jerseys. And they're not basically taking that gut check. It's like, who do we really need that's going to perform this position? Mm-hmm. And until the, the leadership of that club decides to say, you know what, we're going to have to piss some shareholders off and we're going to have to rebuild this organization, or we're just going to keep getting results like this. Yeah. So that's the thing with Manchester United. It's just too big of a global brand where they, you know, they don't want to risk it. Yeah, that, all there's transfer rumors like we've already lost players that wanted to come here. They said, "Nah, I don't, I don't." Want, want, can one day hit that like sixth Sancho, place? Like there's rumors that Sancho like just wow. said, "Like nah." I'm not Imagine gonna. a kid, like an yeah. English kid, being like, "You know what, man, you's a mess right now." Because like, yeah, because yeah. like, you, you see, because <laughs> you, you see, you see, man, you see what's going on right now. You see that they finish, they're finishing, they're finishing sixth place more than likely. And so they'll be going to Europa League next year. It's like no Champions League. Everything's a mess. Yeah, I'm good. You know, like I, I, I'll go over to Spurs real quick. But. Even the rumors that uh, the latest one I've heard, Paulo Dybala from Liverpool, like Man U are interested in. And again, like this is a player who has not been playing well. He's a good player. Yeah. I, I would be happy if he signed with Chelsea. Because <laughs> your boy leaving, he, he, he told he told the guys in the car, it's like he gives it a head shake and he dipped. Uh, <laughs> no, but like you know, again, like is Paulo Dybala really what Manchester United re- need right now? Probably not, but if they no. if they go through with that transfer, that's another hundred million. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one thing I, I, I splash the cash. It's just dumb. One yeah. thing that I've noticed um, after pretty much watching this second half of the season under uh, Subscar is that I don't think a, the attack is a problem whatsoever. I, I I think like you look at at the gap between uh, Liverpool, Man City, and everyone else. You're talking about like. The gap between second and third place is like twenty one point, twenty one points. Yeah, you know there's a huge gap, and 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 both of those teams in the last two years invested one way or another in their in their backline, and the results show. Mm-hmm. And you look at everyone else, whether it's whether it's Spurs, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's United, the the amount that's was invested in their backline is not is nowhere near as much. And like I said, the results show, you know, and until someone figures out, hey, we might need defense. <laughs> it it's works. not going to get there. Because it it's crazy, like, when you think about it, because 
it's actually a pretty good year for England because you have yeah. you, you, now you you have Liverpool in the final. You could potentially have Spurs in, in the Champions League final with them. You have Arsenal and Chelsea that are still in the Europa League semifinals. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like all things considered, it should be a good year. But I'm like, but when you look at what's happening within the domestic league, it's like, oh, there's a big gulf, you know, right there with within the top yeah. top six. And I think it's clear that when you when you invest in all the way around, like you're not just trying to sell shirts. Like you actually, we actually want to succeed. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you'll be good to go. Shit. You saw what happened with uh, with Man City on Monday. Like their old head, mm-hmm. uh, Vincent Company, damn near saved saved their season. Yeah, you know. So it just reminded me, man, of like defense saves lives. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all remember where a Company's header in 2012 against Man U. Yeah, the yeah. derby to yeah. essentially gave him the edge for the title. I mean, like he's he's that guy for City. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So it was great to see him of all people. Come through with that Fuck goal that again in, in 2019. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. I mean, old players continue to step up. Like you know, he knows his role for the team. And, and what's he, funny? And was, he has the maturity experience to know when he needs to step up, and, and it's, it's huge. Now that's the funny part was that because uh, during his post game interview, he was like, every time like he has the ball like like near the box. Uh, the mids uh, that that usually are in front of him is like telling like don't shoot. Yeah. He was like, put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, He's yeah. like, I saw the net and I just went for it. Yeah. You know, like when you have a, a a shot that wide open, like hey, you just sometimes you just gotta let it rip and hey, hope for the best. Because you I mean worst worst case scenario, hey, it, it's, it's 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 it goes out and it's a goal kick. But you know. Yeah. But you still had another like another twenty minutes to to try something else. You know, sometimes it just happens to work out that way. Like you just have to know your opportunities to know when to take it and when to say, okay, let me try, let me get it to someone else. And he 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 got that one right. Yeah. yeah. So this is the whirlwind that your club Chelsea has had like this season. Like it's- first of all, I'd like I need to point this out to you. Um, I actually like the new kids. Okay. I should, like, the, the busy ones, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the stuff on it. I don't know. If, I'm, if, I'm if, if, it was, if it wasn't for the fact that it's Chelsea, I'd be like, well, it's not bad. Listen, I want to know how are you a Chelsea? Because we've had this conversation for a couple of weeks. Cause like, of course, sure. we, we got we got homies and you know, all over the culture that that happened to be. Chelsea supporters. I'm like, you see all this racist shit to go. That yeah. Goes on. Oh no, it sucks. It's awful. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> It's like, bad. Like, like, how does, like, oh, how does, it's worse than bad. It is. <laughs> Woo. So how? It's like old school racism, too. How, yeah, it is. It's, it's like, yeah. And I'll, and truck. Yeah, it really is. So, so how I'm a Chelsea fan, a combination of things. Like 2005, six, that 2006 World Cup especially, like, started getting into soccer. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, of course, you know, they were what they were doing at that time. That was the gateway drug for so many. It really years. was, because like, that's when I got into it. Yeah, and that was the first World Cup here yeah. that was we got all the matches. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it was. It was that's what I well, like, like, like if maybe you go if, if you go back to like oh two because like that was in, it was in Japan. Like nobody ever saw yeah, saw the dude, game. Two a.m. Yeah, two a.m. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. And which sucks for the U.S. who actually right. had a good World Cup. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, go your, your your history of supporting racism. Yeah, <laughs> damn, called out. He's for racism. My chest <laughs> shirt coming soon. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, and then um, so through the World Cup, you learn about some players, and um, and then honestly, FIFA. 
like yeah. started playing FIFA. That's the other gateway drug. Yeah. FIFA will get will get you in there. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, because FIFA is just a fun game to play, yeah, even if you're period. new to it. Yeah, you don't have to understand it. He's like, oh, I just got to go there, put yeah. the ball there, and then you start figuring out the laws of the game. It's like, right. Oh, this is why I'm always awesome. passing. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like, on the okay. ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I play like, oh, the wing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, cause no, because like, that's that's the easiest way, you know, to one learn the game and then. Once you play the game and then you start watching games on TV and then you start associating, like, you know, players that you play with in the game, yeah. people that you see on TV, it's like, oh, that's Ronaldo, that's that's Messi, that's that's Neymar. Like, I, it all it all clicks. It's like, yo, I've been – like, I fucked with this shit so hard now. Right. And because, like, I, I, I definitely uh, attribute and credit FIFA to basically the growth of the game within this country – by and large, you know, because without, without that, you know, who knows where, where we would be right now. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, Chelsea, I, I, they, they're, they're, they managed to define themselves fortunate. And, and I think they're going to be, I think it's still, they had the fight between third and fourth with Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're definitely in uh, top four. Yeah. 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 Easy. So, so, so it wasn't like, like, so. It was just the World Cup and FIFA. Like, Basically, okay. yeah, and like I'm still trying to get it because like I'm trying to understand. Like you know, we're not tied to it over there. Yeah, we're over here in America and stuff like that. Right. So it's just good to know like how people pick their fan on the team. No, and so like you look at you look at the squad at that time. Like uh, they, you know, just the, all the big names like the Drogba's, the Lampards, the Essien, Ashley Cole, John Terry. I was like, Chelsea oh. was black as hell back then. And that's the thing too, like especially with Cole, Essien, Mikel, uh, Drogba, Maluda had a mm-hmm. stint where he yeah. won a title. Yeah. And Nelka won a title. Like, yo, those, those are some fun players. <laughs> I, 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 but I appreciate Nelka because he missed that PK in 2008. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, oh I remember everything. <laughs> oh. And, and Terry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that goes without saying. Yeah. But, um, um, so, but yeah, it was basically that. And I remember watching uh, a World Cup game, right, in 2006. And uh, one of the players I knew from FIFA was Shevchenko. And yeah. they were talking about, yeah, Shevchenko moving to Chelsea this summer for so and so. I was like, what? Like, this yeah. team is stacked. So I was just like, I didn't. And the other thing, too, I didn't know a lot of Chelsea. I didn't know any Chelsea fans. Yeah. My bros were all Man U. Uh, Arsenal to a degree, and right. then like Milan, Barcelona, and so on. So mm. I was like, Chelsea's my team. I'll pick something different. Yeah, I respect it. I respect that. Yeah, I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It's, like, so. it's it's very funny, like how like, like I said, like last the last decade it was Chelsea. Now you see more Man City fans come coming about. It's like cause like that's basically the team that's that's on top when when they first started getting to the game. Like like it's always funny to me, like how I remember like a few weeks back uh, they. Messi were celebrating like their 125th anniversary, and I was like, I I tweeted on on Twitter. I was like, and happy 10th anniversary to everyone who the new Manchester City fans. who 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 didn't know about Man City until until they bought Rubinho. Like that was that that's it. Like like you definitely have those fans, and it's, and it's become like I said, it's becoming generational now. Like mm-hmm. where it's like okay, like depending on who's on top of that moment, you know, that's probably who you're going to jump onto at that particular point. I think that was helped out like teams like United and Arsenal um, and, and, and even Liverpool um, during most of that time is that, you know, they were always in the mix during that entire period. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, while before, like, 98, nobody had really heard of Chelsea, you know, you still had Liverpool, Arsenal, and Man United. Before anyone heard of Man City, you had you know, you add Chelsea to that mix. It was like, okay, 
Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting to see Man City, more Man City fans, more Spurs fans. Yeah. There's and, a lot of Spurs fans. Yeah, I know a lot of Spurs fans. Since I've, like, I've only started following the Premier League since 2013. When, when Alex Ferguson last season was 13? Yeah. 13. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started following the Premier League. So, it, But since I've been here, I've seen more fan bases come out like of the Woodworks. But it could be just the accessibility. It's like, you know, now yeah. I can watch it. It's, I oh, know yeah. it's where that, it's at every weekend. Yeah, so that's a huge thing. A because, like, um, I have friends who can go back to, you know, the days of, like, Fox Soccer World. Yeah. Not, oh, even, yeah. not, not even Fox Soccer Channel, Fox Soccer World. Like, yeah. It was way back. I feel like I missed that. Like, I, I see all you old heads on Twitter, like, reminiscing about, like, the, the forums and, and stuff. And that's, and that's, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, man, I would have loved that era talking shit on the forum. I had to man, refresh. listen. And we have somebody to reply. Because I, I can tell, like, 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 like of course, um, like, I, we talked about last week with Emma Press, like, it was, uh, like, I think I was like in two soccer groups at the, at that time, you know, and basically, you know, we're trying to like say like, hey, shit's fucked up, needs to get fixed, yada yada yada, and you know, I and I think that over time, the general IQ of soccer fans in America has gotten a lot uh, higher than it was back then because like back then it was just it, everything was still so basic mm-hmm. and now because you're exposed to so much whether it's EPL La Liga Bundesliga you have Serie A on on ESPN Plus you have the English Championship on on ESPN Plus mm-hmm. like there's so much that you can that you have access to and it definitely broadens your horizon as far as like what's available out that's why I think there's still, there's so many people, including myself, who have an issue with what's happening with with MLS because, you know, you see, it's like, how come we can't be good like this? <laughs> how come we? Why can't we have the nice why things? Can't we have nice <laughs> right, things too, man. right, right. That's true. It's gonna take time. Yeah, it, it, it'll definitely take time. I, I do think that things are moving faster than people probably realize because you have what's of course you already have the continued expansion with MLS. What people don't see is that USL is actually growing even faster than than MLS. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about that. Like USL, it's 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 it's, it's nasty right now. It's, it's, it's growing quickly. Yeah, so yeah, your boys on top, man. Yeah, my, my boys, New Mexico United, man, <laughs> they came in. They taking the league by storm. Man. Okay, okay. But seriously, when it comes to MLS, um, and then we can transition to talk about the home team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's the problem with keeping up with the Joneses. I think that's what it is. It's you know we're not especially fans of this league and in this country, we're not appreciating what we have. And it's just like, how come we're always like, how come we can't be like that? Why don't we have what they have across the street? Mm-hmm. It's like, why they got a big screen TV? I want a big screen TV. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I got two right here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Grego has three big screen TVs on the floor right now. That's, That's a fireplace. <laughs> perfect example of keeping up with the Joneses. But, <laughs> but seriously, it's like, enjoy what we have here because – Think about the Premier League back in the early 90s when it became the modern era. Right. You know, it wasn't much on TV, but, like, people talk about it like it was so great. Like, and then you look at old videos of MLS when we had the shootout and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. That shit looks so fun, and I wish that we still had situations like that in our league. Yeah. Because it, it what makes our sport our own sport. Like, how the commercial says, this is our soccer. Like, yeah, I yeah. believe that. And, like, I'm pro-MLS. And, like, when, right. when you have Americans who hate MLS, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, 
Yeah, or make it a point to not watch it. I yeah. feel like at this point, you're ignoring it. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're, you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. It's like, give it a chance, support it. If you want to be better, support it so the clubs can spend money to get the guys that you want to see over here. Yeah. Now, but now, that's my soapbox. Now, mm-hmm. now to your point, I, I think like there are people who I, who I think are pro-MLS and basically like, like, like their way is the, is the best way. I actually consider myself more of a pro-American soccer, where it's like I want to see not just – Atlanta to uh, succeed. I want to see uh, Detroit City uh, succeed. I want to see Cosmo succeed. I want to see Ford Madison succeed. I want to see LAFC succeed. Like I like, I feel it. Like we we've done a, a little bit of travel in the past month or so. You know, we've been able to see you know different levels of of the game, and of course that also includes their supporters and everything. And I think that you know my my assessment there is that. There should be an avenue where every, everything is inclusive, mm-hmm. yeah. because I think that when you just narrow it to just what MLS has to offer, you're you're missing out on so much of the, of the environment that's that's available out here. Because like you know, because like you have a, a, uh, an opportunity like like what's happening in New Mexico, where you know nobody thought that that. that a team, a pro team in New Mexico would happen like probably ever. No, and I mean, Madison, Wisconsin. I yeah. mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Hartfield, or like Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, it's it's, it's like how hey, you say the, the you're pro American. It's proof that the sport has finally reached that point where everyone says it's going to make it in 20 years. We've right. been saying 20 years for 60 years, right? But like we've made that point where you have these small quote unquote markets having record record fan turnout yeah. to yeah. games, yeah, like in baseball stadiums, like high school stadiums. Could you yeah. remember that uh, that comment that uh, Garber made about uh, Chattanooga? Yeah, you know, like it's situations like that. Like you know, people want to say that you know. It wouldn't like the game wouldn't be viable in those small markets. I'm like, like starting to prove that, prove that wrong, like dead wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and I think that the the way that soccer works, it doesn't work the same way as the NFL, where like you could have a like I'll, I'll use the the Redskins for an example. Like their stadium holds about just under ninety thousand people. Mm-hmm. They're based out in um, Landover, out in Landover, where the Bullets used to play at, and but their fan base is big enough to where they'll come from, you know, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and wherever else, all to come to that one game. It's a much more holistic uh, take on it with soccer, where it's like if you're from that area. From that, from that local immediate area, you're coming to go support your team. Like you're, you're probably not going to be one of those people who, you know, go from from Jacksonville, Florida, to come to United like that often. Like if you got a team, because if you got a team right there, it's like, hey, I want to support my team that's that's local to me. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that that the MLS has hasn't quite figured out yet, as far as like how it did grow its ratings is like, you know. You have high ratings in the areas that that the teams are in, but like you know, you're not gonna get someone in Mississippi like you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go watch MLS, you know, because yeah. I, I don't have a team like I, I, there's no one really representing me, right? But they'll go like they'll go see you know their team that's that's local to them because that's that's who represents them, yeah. And you have to find a way to improve the footprint to where everyone's involved so that way everyone has a stake and everyone feels like hey they're involved otherwise it's probably not going to work 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible. I, it's, I think it's very possible in the U.S. I mean, England, right? My roommate always makes a joke that England is the size of Alabama. They have 92 professional soccer teams. That's not that's not including amateur and semi-pro uh, right. teams. Like there's like seven in there's seven just in London alone in the, like the top two or three div- uh, divisions. So yeah, yeah, it's it's possible. Like it, it, that's the thing too. It's like in the U.S. we wouldn't have to cram five teams in a city like there's enough cities even though, if, if, even there's enough though, urban areas to go even around though i will say that my dream is that there's a there's a team in every borough in new york <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so amazing but yes continue continue no but i mean so uh yeah i, I think um in terms of the expansion uh, usl is providing a great outlet in that regard allow you know giving these communities an outlet to have a team and uh, grow it and see what becomes of it. And then in terms of uh, where MLS comes into that, it's, you know, it's it's weird. Obviously, it's it's different from uh, other leagues because of how MLS is, uh, and U.S. soccer in general is structured. Right. But, uh, I mean, I, don't, I, I see a future where, yeah, there's like a U.S. Premier League, if you will. And it's like three or four divisions deep. Involving big cities, small cities, medium-sized cities, like we can do that here in the U.S. Yeah. It, you know, it, 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 change will have to come uh, in U.S. soccer. Sure, you know, change come. Uh, <laughs> Cap has to make it happen, but that you know, too. let's get into the boys, man. Our 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 home team, Atlanta United. Woo! Like it, you know. I don't know if the system. We is, back. You know, I don't know if the system is finally the working. Pro- the process working. You know, and trust the hashtag. Trust the process. <laughs> yeah. But like, they looked really, really good against you know an injured Kansas City. Sure. You know, they, a depleted they, Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, depleted Kansas City. But the thing was, Atlanta United played the game they went to play. Yes. You know, like if they went there, I was okay with them going there and getting a draw. Because that's what you do on the road. Because everybody can take it to you at home. Exactly. So I, I expected us to steal a draw, but for us to go up like that, I was ecstatic. Especially to see the young kids like Barco ball out like that. You know, uh, he, his 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 heart has expanded three times the size of Barco. Man. Listen, I, I listen. I've been anti Barco for so long. I didn't sure. think he was ready yeah. for the big league, but like I guess that's the what Frank does. Yeah. You know, he he inspires the younger players to step up. He has so far, yeah. I mean, like, look at him, Miles Robinson. I mean, Miles, and I, I would say to be fair to Tata, like Tata did use Miles in certain situations, but now he's like undroppable. Yeah, he's. I mean, his name is in ink on, on the on the roster sheet. Yeah, Bernal. Yeah, Bernal. Oh, I mean, who's Miles? I mean, well, yeah, Miles is definitely in there. I'm talking about Barco. Oh yes. Ah. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. We were talking about Miles, but yeah, but but seriously, like Frank, we like he started off the season like he gave Bello a chance, like off rip, like you know. Oh yeah, Bello, I think yeah, Bello we, got we, hurt. Yeah, we got yeah. we got four one for him too. But, yeah, yeah, think about it. Miles, Miles' first couple games starting he was shaky, and then that but, third game yeah. is like when he proved himself. Yeah. So you know, it seems like Frank DeBoer is like, okay, I see something in these kids. Let's give them a run and see what they can do. Yeah. You know, and you know Joseph Martinez. He's he's starting to look like he's having fun again. Mm. With, with the, the Iverson um, arm sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. You know, I, was, I told you, man. Uh, Joseph got a black girl somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You gonna see the waves come out soon, man. <laughs> he gonna be an East Atlanta day. He was like, I knew it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, I would be surprised. <laughs> but uh, no, I agree. I mean, like the way. 
Barco looks right now. It's and like that was his best game in an Atlanta United uniform. And this is the player that we thought we were getting, you know. And you see what happens when you let the game run through him. And just man, every time he got on the ball, he looks dangerous. And this is how he's been looking for weeks now. Um, it it kind of sucks that he's going to be gone for the next seven matches. But no, I see, hope he up to up to. Honestly, I feel different about it. I'm like, because the dog days of summer in MLS are tough. Sure, and that's when a, mull, a lot of players get hurt and they go down. So I'm like, if Barco can go to the U20 World Cup, have a little bit of fun, you know, you, you know, play a little pickup here and there. I <laughs> hope it's not too tough though. Like I hope he doesn't come back kind of worn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going into that period, but you're absolutely right. But if we can just, you know, we have enough depth in players like that, you know, it's okay that Barco's gone. You know what I mean? It is. Now when we go to the the Copa America, the Copa America this summer, then mm-hmm. that's. Is it this summer, right? Yeah, when, yeah mm-hmm. this summer. That's going to be the real test. It's like because you have because you have because you have that and the Gold Cup at yeah. the same time. And, well, I mean, so the good none thing of our players are really going to the Gold Cup. The, I, 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 we don't I'm, have I'm, any Caribbean I'm players. Not, we don't have any like that are actually like starters. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that I, I don't know if Romario would start for Jamaica. I'm actually not sure. I know he's been getting called up. Okay. I, I'm I mean, not sure if it's impossible. Last time he started for the first team, though. Like, say, like oh no, we're not going to miss him. That's the thing, though. He's but, been balling too. But it, oh yeah. But, yeah. If, but if but if you have Joseph gone, oh, then who comes up? You're right. Exactly. That's why we picked up Justin Merrim. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's gonna play. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna be striker, but you know, hey, we, we, we might need him. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he can still score. Yeah. He's, he's 30 years old. He's so there's that there's that there's that break too, that three week break that coincides with the Gold Cup and Copa. Right. So we won't have to miss him for too much. But I think mm-hmm. if they go far though, like Joseph or Paraguay with Tito, yeah. Maybe, but uh, I, I think we should be fine. Yeah, but I do think that you could, you might see Nyby get called. I think, I think he's. Well, I say this: he should, he should. Listen, I have, uh, I have a feeling about Burhalter. Oh no, I, I don't think you know. I don't think. He's I'm not sure. If he, I'm decisions. not sure. Like, ooh. and Nagby's a good decision, and I don't think he's going to call Nagby up. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the only thing. I, I think that I think he warrants a call up. I'll, I'm not sure if he gets called just because of you know, especially for the style that Berhalter wants to play. I actually do think Nagby would be a it, smart call up. Yeah, they need somebody to be the engine of the midfield. I mean, right. look what Nagby does for Atlanta United. How his passing percentage has been over the past two years. It's, yeah, it's. Amazing how how much control he has of the game, and that's what we need for the national team. Yeah, and if Berhalter doesn't see it, fuck him, man. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that still pisses me off about everything that happened last year was that you know you could have had you could have at least had Berhalter in by September, and that would have been more games to where you could figure out like does Nagby fit into the, um, to what we have here. And but now because he didn't start until January, it's like you know you're you're basically trying to rush up and get things ready for the Gold Cup. I'm like, we have a lot that needs to be fixed there. So it's like you know a guy like Nagby should have been getting looks last year. And so okay, is he the type of veteran that we need in this lineup instead of instead of just saying like okay let's let's just throw in who we have and you know whether whether they're proven or not. Hey, we'll just We'll work it out. We'll like, out. like that's that's not the way to go about that's things. Our, that's the way. You but I, I, I do think that you know, with going back to onto the game over the weekend, I think that you know that that was at least as far as MLS play goes, that's easily our best performance of the season. Easily, easily. It, it, it has, it, it, like you know, the thing was exciting about it is it reminded us of last year. It's like cool. 
we still have it. It's still in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think Frank is finally starting to see the progression because for the fact the first six matches, the first six matches of the season, like he's been sitting down and like doing tactics. Mm-hmm. But this time he was actually involved in the game. Like mm-hmm. he was inspiring players. Like PD came off and wasn't, you know, kicking chairs. Like, you know, yeah, so right. like, yeah, he, he was, he was like, even though he, he was like, yeah, he, was, he, I don't he, know, was, he, he didn't like getting pulled off, but he, he was, was signing autographs and it was like, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Was like, so I, got, got, got your locker room picture yeah, and everything. I, I saw the pick. PD gave a half smile. I, uh, okay. I, was, I didn't think he, to me, like, I feel like PD's really not happy here yet because he hasn't sure. found he has found where he belongs on the team. Yeah. So uh, for him to play, he seems like one of those players. He's like kind of like a punk. He has to be happy where he is to perform. And that's most players. That's most people. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it's like, all right, PT, we paid a lot of money for you. Everyone's demanding for you to perform. So like, what's going on? Like you, the pictures before this class game of like on the training ground, he's over there. Looks like frustrated. He looks like he can't get the 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 drills down and stuff like that. And I was mm. like. Huh. I was like, I don't know. Is he like not happy? But mm-hmm. like, his wife just got here. You know, she's right. finally here. So now he, you know, he get a home cooked meal after practice right. and stuff like that. So that goes a long way. Yeah, it's I mean, so yeah, miss that companionship. I, yeah, and you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see kind of how our front line gels together now that everyone's performing. I think uh, one of the things you touched on is roles. Uh, you know, and like getting comfortable in roles, and we saw that happen with Barco. And I think we're starting to see a consistent shape. We're starting to see a, a consistent team that's being selected that makes sense. So that's good. And uh, now that Barco goes, he, we I believe the uh, Frank has already confirmed that Tito comes in on the left. Mm-hmm. So which means uh, Tito, PD, Gressel supporting Joseph. Like I like that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. You know, and like so, let the game run through PD now. Like, so who do you feel is our true number ten, PT or Barco? Ooh, I think it's. I think it's Barco. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, what's right? Explain. So, one of the things that we loved about Amiron was his work rate. It was unmatched, especially for a player of that position. And for a while, it took Barco to get to that point. But we're seeing that now, like the work rate on both ends, um, you know, and especially, but especially with the ball, like driving the team forward, being the spark in that engine. And I think that that's what um, Atlanta needs out of their 10. Um, and I just – I wouldn't mess with success, quite frankly. So, uh, right now, I probably roll with Barco at, like, give him more it's, – it's, it should be fluid. Like, the real answer to that is that it should be fluid. But give Barco uh, – let him do his work in the middle and, like, the other players like adjust around him. So like a PD, for example, I feel like a PD should be good on the right wing, cutting it onto his left foot, taking fullbacks on a one-on-one. And because he's still good with his right foot, you know what I mean? He can still make passes with his but right foot. But a lot foot. of analysts say that PT played better when he was in the middle. So yeah. it's like if Barco plays behind Joseph B, that creative midfielder player. And it's like, where does PD go? It's like how does P adjust to that? Yeah. If like if he is more comfortable and he is more effective there, because yeah. you see that you know in the past two games when P played right there, you saw how dangerous he was. But in the the first lead up five games, you know he played out on the wing and mm-hmm. he was kind of just out on the island. Yeah. I don't like when he plays on the left because I feel like that forces him to like just rely on crosses, right. and that's not. But we need Gressel on the right. That, yeah, that's, 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 that's what we do yeah, absolutely. That, that, that is a fair point. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's tough. tough right? It's tough. It's yeah. You have two guys that essentially do the same job, 
And it's like, okay, how do you get the most out of both of them? Yeah. You know? But let's, you know, we have to grow our fan base. Like, Kansas City. Like, what does Kansas City have to do to, like, basically fix what they have? Like, last year, they were, like, one of the best teams in the West. Mm -hmm. And this year, I mean, it's the Champions League. They're kind of like us, man. Like, you know, they they bombed out. And right now, they're just trying to catch back up with their conference. It sounds like get healthy is one of the main things (laughs) they need to do. Just like how it was with us. Like, like we, I think we cut our... Our rough stretch when when people started started uh, getting hurt, and it's kind of the same thing with them. Like you know, like you you got ran ragged trying to trying to balance MLS and and Champions League, and it's like okay, we just need a break, get 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 our shit together, and you know. It's week nine. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna get tough. <laughs> like, it's gonna it's get tough because I mean, because because US Open Cup. That starts, of course. You, you, you still it starts up actually tonight. Yeah. Uh, of course, the MLS teams got got a few rounds before they get in there, but like eventually, that's gonna that's gonna be on the horizon as well. As far as you know, you're working another competition to work into that that load, and if your guys aren't healthy, that's just one extra game uh, that week where it's like, okay, who can we rotate, and that way we, we we're not worn out for MLS play. Yeah. And that's and that's gonna be a, a tough call. Like said, like you know, that's always was my issue with the schedule change because like of course we're, we're about to get hit hard pretty uh, pretty pretty uh, hard too. Is that we could we have like eight games uh, this month? Like mm-hmm. we have we have the game on Wednesday when um, pretty much like by the time this episode comes out, most of us will be on the way to, on to the to the bins on uh, for for the game tomorrow, and then you have the game on Sunday against against Orlando mm-hmm. like. Like and it just keeps going, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's gonna be a real a real tough stretch, you know. Like, like hopefully everyone is like we're. I think for the most part, we're actually part of the healthiest we've been in a while. So it's like you know, hopefully it lasts through at least majority of of uh, of that stretch to where, even with Barco being uh, called up by the Argentina U uh, twenty World Cup squad, you know we're not missing a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's going to prove the stress that you're saying. It's going to prove our academy. It, you know, all the awards our academy has been getting and things like that. It's like, okay, let's you know, let's put your money where your mouth is. Mm. So all these players are going. Who could we move up to the first team? Like some of these guys have been on the bench for the first team. Let's get them a run. Romario, you know, you've been balling for a two. All right, let's put you up front. Let's see what you're going to do against. Yeah. You know, let's if see. he's still here, yeah, yeah, if yeah, if he doesn't get called into Jamaica, yeah. So it, it's going to be a fun, tough summer for MLS right now. Like Philly is balling, mm. LAFC is balling. Like there, like there's some teams that are just up there. I think that this uh, this season. I think there's more top teams, certainly more competition from an Atlanta perspective. Certainly more competition. I mean, like D.C., uh, Seattle, LAFC, Toronto, Houston. Like, like yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, the comeback Houston had this weekend. Like, Houston went down, and they just drove it. To, they drove it to Dallas and ended up taking three points, like, at yeah. home. I thought it was awesome. Like, yeah. the tenacity of the team. So I was like, all right, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like retaining retaining MLS Cup is going to be difficult. I think this, this from here on out. I think every game, most games are going to be difficult. Yeah. I think we should expect a challenge. Uh, what what point about about uh, Philly, uh, real quick? Because like, uh, I, I I I didn't quite have as much smoke this week, but you know, uh, I I was talking about uh, Philly. Uh, I think it was on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. But 
uh, you basically you have uh, there was an article that came out. Um, I forgot. I don't, I don't know if it was Business Insider, but I'm not sure. But like they were trying to take credit, um, give LA credit for like the stadium boom in the, in the MLS. I was like, that's not correct because like because one, if anyone, is, it it should actually be Houston because up until when Houston Stadium was built, pretty much all the stadiums up in MLS were out in the burbs, like you know, what the mamas and papas and everything, and then. Uh, Houston was able to build a stadium at, at a relatively decent cost in downtown. And even though people still don't show up, but at least that was kind of like the benchmark. So, okay, we can build in, in the cities now. Like, and that, that's what allowed a team like LAFC to get in there. But what you have is that you have teams that are, that are out here in the suburbs that, that can be good, but nobody goes out to shut down to go support them like that. Like, like they'll, they'll still have like basically it's like the supporters and and the wives and girlfriends. That's about it. Yeah, and it's because the front office doesn't have faith in the product they have. I don't they, think it's that. I, th- I, I think that, honestly it is. Like let's talk about Atlanta. Let's talk about LAFC's front office from jump. Mm-hmm. They were always out in the streets. They were like hey, they were at every festival. They were getting everybody hype about it. They were they were tagging train stations like but i'm comparing both cities like we, mm. we could bring in cincinnati they did the same thing mm. you know they were in the they had a real solid street team and they were getting people hype about it and that's i mean that's huge because it's like okay cool these people are putting this thing let me go check it out and then if they if people go to the games and they have a good time yeah you know that's huge but you know it's gonna happen. Every team's gonna have that hot, you know, be hot and sexy. Then it's gonna have that low. But of- you could have that. But at the same time, you know, if if you are truly committed to building your fan base, you'll be out there. Whether you're, uh, you'll be out, at least promoting your team, win or lose. Right. And I think that what you end up happening is, and it's something that happens way too often in this country is that you. It's like people. It's like teams expect that. If you're if you're good, the word will just basically they're relying on word of mouth. Yeah, it's too much and, choice. Though. And I'm like, one, yeah, there is too much choice. But like I said, like if if you're just relying on word of mouth, you know, I don't think that's that's that's, that's half-assing it because like yeah. you you have to put some some money behind that muscle. Like, hey, check us out because it's not going to be enough to just say like, okay, we're good, come see us. Like, no, like, cause like right. that, I think that's what messed up the Silverbacks here. I was like, because when they actually were good mm-hmm. back in 2013, no one knew about them. Nobody knew about it. Like, you're not putting in I- any effort to get that word out. And say, hey, we, ha- you have a good team here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference. That's the difference between having United here and 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 instead of having, you could have had the Silverbacks be that MLS team. Yeah, but no, but like I said, it, it's the street team. It goes into it. It's like you have to constantly be out there and be involved in the community. And that's yeah. where a lot of these teams, like, they mess up at. Like, Philly should be way bigger than what it is. Yeah. Like, Philly should be on their second or third expansion if they really yeah, cause, embrace cause they, the town they're cause in. Because they, they had yeah. that uh, planned into their state. Like, 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 it's like, hey, this is where this is where our stadium starts, but, you know, with with more demand, we can expand here, then yeah. expand here, and that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And of course, we've already talked about you know the stuff going on with Chicago. It's like you're basically stuck in in, in an awful ass uh, lease and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to uh, Cincinnati, like you know, they're trying to to build a culture, but of course, 
Downfield results aren't aren't showing, and they end up firing their coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, honestly, I think that was really premature the GM to fire the coach this early, especially in their inaugural season, mm-hmm. because everyone is still trying to figure it out, like the coach, the training staff, the players. So uh, that's why I think it had to have been more. They said it was more than the field results. I mean, in the yeah. in the, the press release said it was because. He was fucking on the culture in the club. And the club had such a strong culture before they came in. But he was there yeah. beforehand. Well, he, The pressure got to him. And, I mean, uh, I, there's uh, a follower. I follow somebody on Twitter. He, I know he's a Cincy fan. I forget. Uh, I, know he, I think he talks about uh, the kits. Like, mm-hmm. um, but, I mean, he tweeted it wasn't a surprise. I don't, I don't know if it's a, it's a shock for a lot of Cincy fans. So, I do think, yeah, there was something going on and it had been coming. And, I mean, he criticized the roster. Which is like the latest MLS trend is, hey, oh, my yeah. players aren't good enough, yeah. guys. <laughs> Help me. Because be- before that, you had, of course, we were talking about it last week uh, with the Crappets and everything. Uh, they ended up firing their head coach, Anthony Hudson, on, on what was it, Friday? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's it. I think at least in, in that case, I could actually understand um, him getting fired because, like, like I tried to say, uh, you had. But I mean, he had you, such a loser you had, you had, ass mentality quote, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, he really did. He was like, "Man, we just can't compete against the big clubs, man." They he just, talked about designated he, players after he, losing to Atlanta, he, but it was Gressel and Nagby. Yeah, who, <laughs> like, that's what we were talking about. I was like, because uh, that, that's the thing. Because like, like, like I said, like they, like I said last week, on paper they have talent, so there really is no excuse at all, other than it's just a simple organizational issue. But like, if you got coaching, you should be able to succeed. Now, whether or not people show up and, and support it, that's a whole different thing, but mm. there's no reason why that, that team shouldn't have been able to succeed. And I, I think they were, I think they were right firing that coach, but I do, I do think that, that uh, Cincinnati was wrong for, for firing theirs. I, yeah, no, I just wanted to talk about um, Cincinnati a little bit and yeah. like how they've come into the league and how they've been out there and building the culture. And yeah. that's important, especially for times like now that they're going through where they're struggling with on field results, where um, they've had to fire a coach. You know, it, it hasn't been a brilliant start to the league. It doesn't, and the playoffs look like a stretch right now, but their fan base is still out there. You look at Philly, on the other hand. And t- times are great right now in Philly. It's like one of the best scenes that they're one of the best starts to a season that they're having, but they can't get the people to the games. Yeah, because the thing is, Philly is marketing like the the to be so far away from Philadelphia, they're marketing to Philadelphia instead of embracing where they're at now. Yeah, like, you know, like it's like embrace the town you're in now. Like like get everyone out. They should just sponsor like every youth league in every neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I'm pretty sure those same neighborhoods have Pee Wee football. Everyone's there every Saturday for Pee Wee football and stuff like that, talking shit about your neighborhood. You have to bring, especially for us black folks. Yeah, like we're competitive. Oh in yeah, everything. You know what I mean? Like on Twitter, we're talking about Uno. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, our folks are arguing about Uno like right now yeah. about like about draw four over draw two. You're supposed to be able to stack. Fuck what Uno's <laughs> talking about, but you know that's me. <laughs> like straight up. But that's honestly, I think that's where Philly is like lacking is because you know start embracing the black culture that you're in. And, and these people will, they will go to bat for you till the end of time. And not just black coach. I mean, there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's uh, our boy uh, Philly Parcero who's like trying to get more Latinos, yeah. you know, and trying to embrace the culture. And yeah, it's all you got to embrace the culture of your city, your urban area, you know, or else 
who do you expect to show up to the games? We have a 60-minute substitution. Entering the game is CEO Kane. I'm here. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. So, where you walked in at, we were talking about how clubs, uh, how clubs are not uh, their culture, their their fan is How a lot of these clubs in these major markets aren't getting people to come out. It's because they're not. We were saying they don't have a good street team that's out here. Like we were talking about how Atlanta, Cincy, uh, LAFC, like they had people from jump, like in the streets, going to festivals, getting people hype about the team, and that's kind of what we were talking about. Okay. What you think? It's yeah. It's I don't know. It's it's I guess because the sport is still I guess trying to find its identity within the American landscape of of everything. I think that might have something to do with it because you think about um, just all of the things that get pushed down our, our throats every day. We talk about it often. You know, MLS and soccer doesn't get enough coverage on ESPN or just other networks that we watch and they just keep talking about the same things that are pointless repetitively. So we get these other things that are pushed down our throats. So if you keep hearing the same rhetoric, it's kind of, um, it's not fostering the sport the way it should or helping to grow it. Even just mentioning, mentioning it can help plug that into someone's brain and thought pattern. Like, okay, this is something to consider in the landscape of sports, especially within American sports, the you know the way that we have things. So, um, you know, looking at Atlanta United, like you just said, Atlanta United, um, Cincy, LAFC, you know, they've been able to grab the market and and push it relentlessly and let people know that you know it, it, we care about it. It matters, mm-hmm. and I think other markets should take that message. Even the teams that have been around since the inception. I don't know exactly if they've been consistent with pushing that, just letting people know, like, hey, we matter. I know there's other sports that are going on in our cities, but don't let it cloud what we're trying to do and, and give us our, put some respect on our names. Yeah. You know? yeah. Run your race. Right. You know, like, exactly. And, and that's exactly. Like, exactly like, it. You, some, some cities have it lucky, though. Like Seattle, Portland, that's like they're pretty much the main show in town that's yeah. performing. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks are there in Seattle, but it's like the Seahawks and the Sounders. That's it. Yeah. So it's easy for don't them. Don't get the but, Mariners. Don't oh, get the Mariners. <laughs> Come on, all right. But 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 going to your point, like like you, like take a team like like Orlando, that is pretty much just them and the Magic, right? And like you had, it it goes to like if you have a a strong focus and and commitment, then then people will show up. I think that what happened with them was that you had that initially for like that first year or so when they were playing in the Citrus Bowl, and then. You know, once they got, it's funny because like how they once they got into their own stadium, it was like, okay, what we do now? Like, I'll I know what to do with my hands. And it's funny, like that was a that was one of those stadium moves that was hugely heralded. Like, I mean, I remember like people making a big deal about oh the uh, the supporter section, the standing only, like first mm-hmm. to see to first to be seen in the U.S. And yep. People were excited about the community in Orlando, and I still think it's there, but. The team has not followed through. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I went to their inaugural game on accident, and uh, I just saw like the community and what it looked like. I thought it was gonna gonna prosper, but if you if you don't have a plan, eventually all that goodwill goes to shit because like you still have to have a focus, you still have to have commitment to what you want to do, and without that, you know, eventually 
real recognizes real, and that and it's like eventually that shit will fall off. This is, I've always given American soccer fans credit for recognizing what good soccer is versus not good soccer. That's the struggle. That was the heart of the struggle for me of MLS mm-hmm. for all those years. Is that especially when more and more Premier League games and Champions League games became available to us, it was like. Oh, this is what soccer is supposed to look exactly. like. Exactly, like, that's what we're good at earlier. It's like you know, so like, you're not going to get one over on the Orlando fan base or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and and I, that, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like you know, like with, with all the of of all the soccer that we have exposed to us, we can recognize when people are bullshitting. <laughs> and if you if you out here, you know, it's like hey, like we got a team. You know, it, it it's it's out here. If you want to come support it, you know, hey, that that be what's up. But if not, hey, we still we still cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you you have you have you have way too much of an attitude of like either you're cool with just being part of the crowd, or you're just saying like, hey, I'm just I'm just here to get, you know to, to get you know beef up this portfolio real quick, and and yeah. and, and, it, and that happens too. Like like how we talked about with them with Crappers last week. You have Stan Kroenke, who owns Arsenal, the L.A. Rams, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche. I think he owns a, a lacrosse team too. I don't know, but wouldn't be surprised. But Crappers are probably like at least fifth on that list. Yeah, you know, and there are other teams fan bases on that list who have an issue with Stan Kroenke, Arsenal. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. there's a lot of people who have an issue with Stan Crockett Pier. Like you got a whole city of St. Louis. It's like fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like like you, yeah. but like you, you definitely. And it's, and it's crazy because like these guys are still allowed to have an influential say as far as what happens with the business of MLS yeah. and and how and how that goes. Because like we we mentioned a few weeks back, how um, there's a. It's not. It's, I don't know if it's, the rumor was confirmed or not, but like the GMs and MLS want to triple the the salary cap because they they realize that you know there's way too many uh, rules that have to go into place just to just for get people to spend money and and, and the the so called salary cap is basically just that is in name only because you have a lot of teams who once you include the players with Tam and Blam and Pam and <laughs> Sam uh, and, and then you're, you're designated players like you, you end up going way beyond yeah, they the go actual, over every season the, the actual salary cap, cap. So it's and like, it's like 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 call a spade a spade so okay like, let's actually like, let's put this like up to about at least 15 million and say okay this is what you have to work with that way I think that you'll it allows teams to one be for real about 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 their books, and then two, you, 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 it'll afford teams to be able to play players something more than just high high five figures. Because there's no re- there's no reason in the world why a first division team in the U.S. should be playing paying players less than six figures. Yeah. It makes no sense because oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's not even enough for because depending on where you are, you know whether it's if you're in Montreal or shit Seattle. Man, listen. If, Sixty thousand dollars in cut, and doing, nah. and doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a professional player. Like six thousand dollars is a great amount of money. Shout for out for one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 
You know, but like, I would love to make that. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a professional athlete, like you should, especially in America, you should be making way more than that. Like, yeah. because that's how you entice people to play the game. You know exactly, I mean? exactly. But, I mean, you have I mean, young American players who retire because of like it's not, it's not worth it. It's like they're like you know because the people don't realize like you know. I'm gonna go be a banker. Like yeah. fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, like because like the people don't. I don't think really quite factor in the fact that. It's a physical job, and whether it's you know your knees, your legs, your head, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into play as far as you know being able to go through the, the regular upkeep just to keep yourself in shape and yeah. keep yourself you know fit to play every week. And when you when you're only working with like 75k, like you know, for for us, hey, we might be able to ball, ball out on that. Right. For someone who has to travel, keep, keep themselves in shape, and all that on a regular basis, yeah, that's not that's not, not doing a whole lot. Family. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention if you have multiple residences, or yeah. if you got multiple families, you know, whichever one. <laughs> we, we know some soccer players who do that. That's none of my business. <laughs> But that's, the th- that's one of the things I've always said about athletes, especially those who take the path from a young age to become a professional. Mm-hmm. You sacrifice a lot of your social life. Yeah. And that continues as a professional athlete. And so, yeah, there's got to be real incentive to do it. I think maybe it's, it's cool for homegrowns. Yeah, if you're like, if you're, that's the crazy thing is that, you know, like once you're like in that 16, 17 year old pe- uh, period, it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm on the first team. But you know, I, I got I got just enough you know to. I only take like three of my friends out to eat. I can't take all five. Like it's 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 it's, it's funny, but you know it it it's the only thing that you have it's to like kind of look at. Squash right. with the bill from the team, you really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, you hurt, could. Hurt. That's not a funny prank. They're <laughs> <laughs> trying to be me. That's funny. That's funny. Can we can we talk about Atlanta United fan TV? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, like, okay, for you know those that don't know, yeah, what inspired it? What do you do? Like, let's just get into it. So, okay, um, I did not start Atlanta United Fan TV. Just to be clear, that's AJ. Um, I mean, what big who? Yep, and uh, I would say the inspiration for that, broadly speaking, was Arsenal Fan TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, you see what it's about. It's uh. Getting a fan's perspective, you know, it's by fans for fans. Like we're we're fans at the end of the day, and we're all of us here too. We're all fans, you know. We we follow the team. We uh, we have our own perspectives, and we like to share that. And then we have our own perspective of uh, we've gotten this year into vlogs a little bit. Uh, so like we were at the kit release, and that was a great time. And uh, what I was really happy about. Uh, was the feedback from people who were like, oh, I couldn't make it. I'm glad you guys did this, got mm-hmm. to experience this in this way. So we're like, I feel like we are there for the fans, and that's what we're we're trying to do, essentially. Is And, you know, we, like we were talking about MLS earlier. We care a lot about soccer in this country, you know, and we want to be part of that growth however we can. So if that's helping build up the culture in other cities, yeah, you know, like, let's do it. Let's reach out to other fan bases. Let's connect and let's really let's make this thing real in america yeah so 
So let me let me ask you, kind of, what has been some challenges you guys have had with it? Because like when you look at Arsenal fan TV, mm-hmm. you know it, it could be a lot, especially on the you know the the, the guests in the the crews there. Have you had, had those experiences like that here with Atlanta United? Especially how rough this season's been. Like, has someone wanted to snuff you? <laughs> like, you know, that's what we want to know. Like, has everyone wanted to fight you? <laughs> No, people have been, uh, there's been a few more people coming on the fan cams this year. Uh, people definitely want to have their say, which is always fun. Definitely getting more engagement. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, when the when the the hard times come, it gives you a little more to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we've had some rants. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but see, and that's what the, the rise of Arsenal fan TV has been. Really, been truly. The, the detriment of Arsenal, some people say, is because they, their best episodes are when people are ragging on the team or they're angry. I was so, just watching this week. Yeah, so, you, know, you know what I mean? So, and that's like been the best thing that they've shown. So, like, some people, like, I've seen it, like, they fear that's what Atlanta United fan TV could become, like, you guys grow as Atlanta. Yeah. Free fall. That we we just we're just trying to grow. Yeah, uh, we're not depending. We're certainly not depending on the team to do poorly for that to happen. But mm-hmm. uh, it no. just helps. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you have more stuff to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, I I would assuage those fears. I mean, like, do at this. You know, we can't do anything about how the team performs. We are always going to support the team. Mm-hmm. We always want the team to do well. We don't want to. Be divisive, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we have to remember that, uh, especially for our fan base that's bigger, there's a lot of different opinions coming from a lot of different directions. I mean, there are DeBoer out accounts, and I don't know how active they are right now, but <laughs> they're quiet. <laughs> quiet right now. They all, where they at, though? Where they at? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think, um, I think everyone deserves, you know, their, a chance to show, give their perspective. So, What's unique about our club, and everyone always says it, is the amount of black voices and black faces there are around our team. Yeah, kind of give me, you know, your perspective of being a black male that loves this game. Like how, like how do we get more of us in front of cameras and in front of microphones? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's kind of your opinion on that? Like elsewhere outside of Atlanta, we're just an anomaly. We're just a great ass city. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. I... I mean, I would say for me personally, um, I've just watched the game so much uh, that I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm comfortable talking about it. Uh, And I think that there's a lot of us out there, you know? So I think it's uh, really... But getting us comfortable to talk because that's yeah the thing. exactly giving us an outlet because you got into the game '06 when I got in the game. I remember going to my first American Outlaws like watch party yeah and like everyone was looking at me like you a fly to milk like i was like who's this black guy i'm like i'm looking around like who what clan meeting is this yeah <laughs> yeah and, you know and then like I, I realized a lot of people were like really cool and they were really open but it's like right. and like as the accessibility what we've been saying all this like i've been starting to see more and more uh people of color come to games yeah. like learn the sport and say oh i've, I've always played soccer it's like i just I didn't feel comfortable coming out of the closet and saying that I'm a soccer player. No, listen, I mean, like, I remember even in uh, high school, like, a lot of people who played soccer didn't necessarily watch. So I think, like, soccer itself has come a long way. And um, it's it's a combination of things. Like, earlier we talked about uh, black players at Chelsea and, you know, kind of the effect that it had on me as a, as a fan. 
Um, and you know, I would, like we talked about city, like Sterling. Sterling's going to bring so many, so many fans to the city. Him alone, like yeah. especially with how uh, out front he is about confronting racism, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, in terms of bringing back to the game in America, uh, starts. So I mean, I, I would say getting getting out into the fan base is like team by team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like LASC, for example, they've. You know what they're doing right now. That's that's gonna inspire us to come out to the games. Like we want, because we appreciate all of that, right? We appreciate the on the field product, the off the field product, everything that surrounds it. If Atlanta and I were boring and good, it would not be nope. what it is. Nope. Yeah, it, nope. it's it, it's the thing about being you know the black culture. We love Flash. I mean, that's why there's so many Dallas fans that are like African Americans around this country. Yeah, is because like the Showtime. Like we we love that, and that's the thing that clubs don't do is they don't they don't just flash and show like these these things they try but it feels pandering you yeah. know like with philly all the time how black philly is like whenever like the union try to do something black it's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but hey they're making the effort though like, which, which they, they do I, they make the effort and that you know that goes a long way who oh no I got, oh yeah so i mean and to that point then um it's if you want an authentic uh outreach or approach has to come from us. So mm-hmm. y'all need to hire black people. <laughs> that's it. At the end of the day, like, you know, yeah. hire black people. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hire black people, hire Hispanics, I, you know, hire I, Asians. Yeah, like, you know, get out there into your communities. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Grego? No, I, I think that, you know, just to get people out there, like, I think the, the great thing about what Atlanta United did was that you, you made sure to say that, like, because – for people who who are outside of Atlanta, of course they have. I think they have like a, a perception of what Atlanta is, and like, but what what's your inside? What, what do you mean? One is black as hell, mm. for and and depending on your community, it's gay as hell too. So, and I think that what United has done better than just about any team that I can probably think of, maybe outside of like Seattle. They've made sure to embrace, it all. embrace all of it. Yeah, you know, because like I, I made the point like back in one of our earlier episodes that the what made Atlanta United work, especially with the be with Atlanta being such a transplant city. No one's from here. About well, maybe I think Rashad might be like one of like five people who are from here. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that zone three. What's up? But uh, but no, I think that what you uh, have is that. Everyone who's from elsewhere, they have their favorite teams from elsewhere, whether it's Yankees, Giants, uh, Dallas, Dallas, whoever. Right. And but they they might have like a so-so following as far as the teams that are here. United was probably the first one, first team in a good while where it's like it was like okay, I, there's something new. I haven't really followed soccer or MLS period here and it's like okay i'll follow this i'll get behind this now that's that comes with both good and bad it's like how we've been talking about the past couple of weeks where it's like okay you're into united are you really into soccer mm-hmm. yeah we work on we work it on that right mm-hmm. but i do think that if nothing else what the team has done is just said hey all of y'all are welcome right and if if you do at least that you know that goes a long way as far as like People like us, people of color, it's like, okay, am I welcome in this environment? Because if you don't at least do that, 
you're never going to have that person that's like like it's kind of on the fence and like no i want to check it out i don't know yeah 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 you know because like you could have like a a team like like columbus you know like you i've I've been up there a couple times and it's like it's not that it's not that black and mind Mm -hmm. you columbus is black as shit yeah right i mean I mean Cincinnati, it's black as shit. Right, but, yeah. for the family, <laughs> yeah, they got black capital. I'll take that. They, they oh, okay. do. Okay, okay, they okay, do okay, have okay. one. They okay, okay. one. You know, I guess uh, it starts with one, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it starts with one. So, but that's an interesting take that you had. You know, you know, the clubs need to hire people of color. You know, to go out there and not just say, "I think this is what black people like," or yeah. "I think this is what Latin people like," yeah. and things like that. And actually, say, "Nah, man, you need to go to this." Yeah, yeah. ask questions. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that I think they also Atlanta United also does well is they talk to the community. You know, a part of embracing all of these different uh, the differences that are in the communities is actually going to the communities and talking to the people yeah. and seeing what it is. What can we do to appeal to you? What can we do to make this experience mm-hmm. enjoyable for you? No matter what your level of interest or knowledge or what have you is within the sport or within the team, mm-hmm. we just want you to come in and feel a part of what we have going on, a part of the family. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing they do really well. They follow up with people really well. They ask questions. They take everyone's opinions into consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those things have helped drive what we see today. And it just continues to change. And um, I think that's another part. You know, they don't, they're not necessarily trying to stick with what works they they're yes. constantly improving and, and changing. tinkering with yeah. and and even if something does work how can we improve it or, or do you think the fans would like it if we did this because right. no. if you think about it, it's only whatever s- it's still less than five percent of the residents of atlanta like have come to a game or support atlanta united it's only five percent oh wow so, so like, that's just wait. it's I'm, still so many more people in the city that have not that's experienced like, it. it's, that's it's, it's always funny like how tickets. it's always <laughs> funny like yeah. how you know they like whenever you see like like the giveaways, like with the flags and everything, like they've never gone below twenty. Nope. It's always like they they'll jump out to like Athens, which is kind of crazy to me. But like you no, know, like they I haven't have, hit Southside like that. Yeah, mm. I, I, I've asked countless of times. I said there are so many people who live in Clayton County that love this team. Come out there and do something with the team. There's, yeah, there's plenty of festivals that happen in Clayton County. Just come out there, put the Atlanta United sign out there. Right. You know. But they're like, no, zip code data says there's no fans out here. I like, I live there. I see the flags on houses. Zip I see the tags data. on cars. It's, but that's one thing that Atlanta could do better. Better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, no one's perfect. You know what I mean? But you yeah. know, we'll grow. It's a challenge to every fan base that's out there listening to this show. Like, man, if you feel like your voice isn't heard. I mean, we're just four guys that love soccer, and yeah. we just say, you know, fuck it. We're going to talk about the game. People are going to like it or not. Yeah. Hey, these teams have contact information. Hit them up. Let them know. Speak up. Speak yeah. out. They have Twitters. They have Facebook. Tweet at them. Definitely. Everything. Yeah. Make YouTube videos. And whatever all, you got All else do. fails. Make a two-pole and stand in the stands. Like, <laughs> where are the black people? <laughs> hey, yo, yo, whatever fan makes this two-pole, I'm sending you an FTC, whatever you want. Jackie, yeah. you know, you do this. Madison, you're disqualified because y'all fuck with us so hard, but I love y'all. Because I know y'all will have a whole team. Speaking of Madison, I wore this color for you guys today. I'm wearing I'm wearing some colors for you guys. But Shout man. out to Madison. 
<laughs> yeah, shout out to to Madison. Like, uh, yeah, y'all had some dope shots uh, over the weekend, and uh, yeah, y'all keep y'all keep up the good shit. We gotta take that trip, man. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they gonna they gonna force us. They to come gonna up they gonna fly. They gonna, we gonna get flewed out. Man. We gonna get flewed out. <laughs> but no, let's 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 let's, uh, let's wrap this up with uh, talking about the uh, the women's national team. Uh, their their World Cup squad uh, just got uh, got announced uh, over the weekend. Got eleven first time. Uh, uh, World Cupers um, going to France. Uh, uh, tournament starts in June. Um, I know if y'all had any any thoughts on the squad. I know uh, one of the things that that were that was brought up to us on Twitter. Uh, one thing I I, I saw like I guess like the one uh, big snub that I I saw was uh, Ali Krieger making the sh- uh, squad over Casey Short. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get, given the work that she's been putting in the past, I want to say like the past at least the past year, year and a half, like I think she's definitely warranted uh, uh, that call up, especially though Krieger's kind of like on, on the older side, you know, like it, it's, it's, it was, it's, it's hard enough, you know, as is just kind of like break into that squad. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, having that new blood is always going to be difficult. Uh, but I do think that uh, I think having someone that's, that hasn't had that opportunity and, and is hungry for the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, is, would would have been a good move. What always, um, what still bothers me, um, still to this day, I'm so happy that Adriana French made the team. Mm. Yeah. I just think that she needs to be starting because you have Nair that's basically been like the stalwart and um, at goalkeeper, and I'm like she's not that great, and it, and it shows up in the performances. Whereas you have French who has been. Uh, keeper of the year in the NWSL for the past two years running, and I'm like, that's your like, you have the best keeper on the best team, it should be automatic, and it's like why she is not, why she hasn't gotten more of an opportunity to start really boggles my mind, especially given um, the U.S. team's performance in the past year. Yeah, but what you got, Yeah, I was gonna say like when it comes to that the thing about the U.S. soccer, I mean it's the same thing on the men's side as well as the women's side. I mean, you kind of get those players that you trust, and you they'll always be there. And the way sports medicine is, people are going to play for a long time. Like, yeah. you, know, it, it, you know, you have people that should have gone through their cycle because the person before them lasted longer than we anticipated. Some yeah. people get snubbed out, you know, subbed out of the way. Because um, what was another snub you saw was McCall. You know mm-hmm. she she's a she's a great player. She's kind of like she she's an engine in the midfield. They're yeah. calling the ball, you know, control. But it's they it seems like they wanted to go with a younger roster. You know, yeah. so they had to because like could you talk about like, like this past cycle they they flamed out in uh, in the Olympics mm-hmm. um, back in 2016. So like I think that alone was kind of like like you I hope hopefully it was it was a wake up call. It's like okay, you can blow the next World Cup. Of course. Um, they they lost the She Believes Cup to, uh, to England, so like you've definitely seen like recent examples of where where the U.S. team would normally be dominant. And it's like no, like you know you're, no, it's, you're, it's, you're falling I mean, off. It's harder. It's like with nothing against the women's national teams of, of past, right. but like there are now professional women's teams around the world. Yeah, you, you know, and they are outpacing the United States. Like a, oh yeah, a lot of our a lot of our women players are going to Europe. Yeah, <laughs> it's because that's where the money is. Yeah, it's yeah. that's where. So they like these clubs are putting money in there and they're investing. Yeah. So these women that are playing for these teams are like they're playing 
for their national team. It's no longer just, yeah, I'm just doing this for fun just to get a free trip. No, no. these women have come the ball. Yeah. The United States are going to have to go to France, and they're going to have to turn up, or they're going to get washed out quickly. Yeah, I mean, like, I think 2015, I mean, look, any any World Cup is a struggle, right? It is. You know, like, it's tough. It's tough to make it. With 2015 especially, and, uh, you know, you go back to the, like, U.S. Women's National Team Twitter, <laughs> uh, especially in the early days of the 2015 World Cup, it was like people were slating the team for how they approached the game, and and people still criticized Joe Ellis. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the Ali yeah, Krieger like, Krie- Krie- was told people thought uh, that World Cup was was going to go well. Yeah, I mean, like they turned it around halfway through. Yeah, but like uh, like Ali Krieger was basically told, I think a year and a half or two years ago, she didn't have a future with the team, and then here she is getting called up. Um, you know, or uh, the other day, Jill Ellis made a quote about carrying an extra forward. She mentioned something about, well, you know, I know I can do something like if I needed to play Tobin Heath at left back, for example. Yeah. And I think that was kind of telling me cheap, but people heard that were like, the f- <laughs> what are you talking about? You were already playing Crystal Dunn at left back, a forward. Yeah. Like, see, I. I- I, I didn't have to coach him. Like, say, everyone, like everyone sees like, 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 what are you doing? With <laughs> like, like, you, you keep trying, trying to put athletes, like, like how uh, I think it was uh, Andrew that that, uh, that talked about that episode. Like, you keep on trying to put athletes in these roles that's that's not totally nat- that's yeah. not natural. It's like, no, like you need people who are that, that are true fullbacks, wingers. Like, put them where they're supposed to be, and you know, let and let them flourish. You know, like don't just be like, okay, like okay, she's fast, so let's go ahead and put her there. Like, you know, or she's or she's short. And in Crystal Dunn's case, I'm like, I guess she's short. She still scores like shit. Yeah. So why not, you know, give her the opportunity? Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. So who you guys feel women's national team has? Who has the best shot of winning the women's World Cup? Uh, at least from what I've been uh, keeping up with, I know that probably in the next month or so, I'll probably be doing a bit more homework. I know we're, we'll probably be doing uh, an episode that kind of uh, focuses in on, on the World Cup, probably um, probably like right after Memorial Day. But I, I do think that uh, uh, France, definitely with them being the host host nation, uh, like they've been strong for like the past five, six years. Uh, they'll definitely uh, stand strong. Um, I, think the, I think the wild card in all of this is England. Like I think that because it's a matter it's of the court. performance they had that she believed. Yeah, yeah I, I think that because like because they made the semifinals back in 2015, mm-hmm. and I do think that they're that close as far as just making that next step. As far as you know, we can be that team that, that at least makes the final. Um, you know, and just given what I've seen from from the U.S., like, I I think they. Because um, mind you, like they they start the uh, the World Cup against Australia. Australia is tough as hell, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I, I still see I, I still think that group is good enough to where we'll make it out the group stage with no problem. But I do think that once you get out of there, you know, once you get to the quarter, it's going to be tough. We need the women to succeed. Like like U.S. soccer needs women to succeed. Like I'm torn we, on that. I'm we, actually torn I, on that. I, honestly, I think we do. Is because those casual fair fair weather fans always come around every four years for the women's well, you know, for the women's World Cup and for the men's World Cup. I tell you, they I tell you, around it. and then you always see the the influx of the youth youth registrations right after a World Cup, mm. and you need that you need that spike 
we always need that spike to continue to galvanize. Yes, MLS has grown. Yes, lower divisions have grown. The women's league, it's it's, it's trying stable. to make it. It's still here. It's stable, but, yeah. But you still need those World Cup spikes. So with the United States men's team not doing what they did last summer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We need the women's team to turn up. And we need the men's team to turn up during the Gold Cup for, for us to continue for this game to keep growing in this country. Yeah, I, We I, can't I, let baseball come back. <laughs> like, I went to the Braves game last week when the Braves got washed 11-1, no 11-0. Oh. It, it was I was like this is I I was there. Mm-hmm. Great seats. Didn't pay attention the whole time. I was like how the fuck is it 11? When did they score? Like like straight up. That's like, always that's always the thing about baseball is that you know it's, it's great to hang out, but you never watch the game because like no. you're, you're just busy just talking Drinking. to bullshit with everybody. Yeah. It's like yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we need for the women's team to perform. Like like let's get it. Let's bring home another ship. Let's do it. I say, Mister Braves, like 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 you should be able to tell us better than anybody. Like 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 what what like we can't have baseball coming back. We can't <laughs> because 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 Rashad used to work with the Braves. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, used to. I did. <laughs> most, of, most of our tickets in town, I was, I've been there. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, we need, uh, we need the women to really do their thing uh, for, for just the culture, man. Um, we've taken so many L's recently. We just need to let's, let's write. Need to win. We Bam. need some dubs now. Like, let's, let's make it. Let's make it happen. That's real. Cool, cool, cool. I, th- I think I think that's that's it's good. Like, it's like good you know, uh, yeah. we do need to pour pour one out for my Sunday. Yeah, my Sunday. Oh my God, Thrones. It was well, it was one of the worst episodes written. Like though, it, <laughs> it was it was it was terrible. I try to justify like the episodes like a lot of new 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 Thronesies out there, but you know it was a bad episode. You so know, I keep hearing. I keep. It sounds like a bad season. You know what? Sounds, no, the season's been crazy. At least everything. Of course, you know. I, I think I think that episode can can be. Best described with the Starbucks cup yeah. on the table. Yeah, man. that was a, yeah. I, so <laughs> Sunday, I chose to watch United over. Game See, like, so, like, so did I. So I've been hearing about the episode, and I've been reluctant to watch it. <laughs> but this damn Starbucks cup—it's <laughs> everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure Starbucks paid a lot of money for this free press. No, they actually said the cinematographer just left it. Just left it, and he thought the shot was so dark that you couldn't see the cup. Really? Really? <laughs> it had, it had the lid on, on top. Was it's it like, the same oh. guy that shot the previous episode in all black? Like, he might need to get his eyes checked. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's all good because for, for the Game of Thrones fans that listen to this show, next week's episode is going to redeem it. It's going to be lit. You got to watch the show. Just go back. like Do it like The Wire. Like I didn't watch The Wire until it was off the air. And just go back and just watch it. It's great television. It's the last... Like real big TV show we're gonna have in a long time. Like, Everything's gonna be on Netflix and Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney, True. yeah, Disney Plus is gonna hold about us. To take <laughs> <laughs> like, like already know Disney already. They, I just gave him my bank account. I said I got kids. Here you go. <laughs> like, I got kids. kids. They love Disney. You. There like, you go. Wait, Marvel? Marvel's all on there. Yeah. Everything. 
everything. Yeah, Star Wars and everything, man. man. Even stuff your your grandparents might have watched. Yeah. Day, <laughs> the whole like, race is Disney days. <laughs> but I heard eventually they're, they're supposed to be like like merging both Disney Plus and ESPN Plus together. Yeah. One package like, for like four. I, honestly, so, it should just be one package for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, I, I think I, it would be cheaper than that. Yeah, <sighs> bro. Yeah. I'm canceling. Yeah. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. So much content. Yeah, yeah. Man. But, but Rashad, I like that hat you got on, man. I, like I, the hat? I, I really like you that like this hat. hat. You like you this know, hat? You know, so for those of you oh. that can't see, you know, he, he's, he's rocking a flat brim FTC five panel hat. That's right. You know, working, Gregor, working one find uh, some FTC gear if you want to show your, your love for your club or your love for the culture. FTC UTD dot my Shopify. And tell them again for those that like made us like stop tuning, they sneeze and they missed it. FTCUTD.myshopify.com. <laughs> but shouts out to everybody that has been supporting the brand, supporting the culture. Like everywhere, like we're shipping shit all over the place. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. Glow in the dark, name sets, we do we doing everything, I'm, man. I'm telling you, man. That sticks one? Yeah, with the marathon, yeah. the marathon yeah. continues. Yeah, Man, yeah, I, 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 I hit up uh, Watt Sticks on 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 Instagram over the weekend. I was like, hey, I made this online. Like, yeah, I'd love to get this out, out to you. Of course, I showed him, you know, some of the stuff that we've already done, and he was like, yeah, like he loves that shit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get that out to him. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we're working on on some on some new stuff, especially with our name sets. Because I got some, I got some. Like you thought the glow in the dark shit was good. You thought the two panel was good, bro. You thought the probate jacket was good. You ain't seen. Nothing <laughs> but yes, like yes. Continue to support the culture. Like I said, FTCUTD.myshopify.com. Shirts, hats, uh, hoodies. Cell phone cases. Cell phone cases. No, support IX Magazine. Like I said, uh, Wednesday's going to be a big game for them. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, of course, as, as always, you can reach us on social media at FTCUTD. Yes. Tell it one more time. FTCUTD. There you go, but uh, but yes, yeah, follow us, support us. They like say, you know, chop it up with us because you know we'll, 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 we talk to everybody. We try to reach out to everybody because, like I said, we coach, the coach is everywhere. You know, whether it's Madison, L.A., Little Rock, New Chattanooga, D.C. Yes, it is absolutely ATL. everywhere. Miami. But, yes, yeah. my man, man, Miami, Miami already fucking with us. Yeah, I can't where I Shout out to Vice City Boys. Yeah. So yes, uh, Mark. Mark, thank you for thank coming you for on. Coming, thank you for having me. I, this was fun. Hey, have me on again. Yeah, man. Whenever you want to come on, you got talk, a seat. Talk some women's soccer. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's cool. FTCUTD. Hey, I'm coming back. Yeah, cool. okay. That's it. We're cool. cool. You're in there. Cool. But like, cool. If you like the show, remember subscribe, tell a friend, tell your mama, tell your auntie. We out you. Yeah, so for, for Ringo, for Shad, for Mark. Rego, coaches everywhere. We will see y'all next week. Catch us on the socials and we out. Yeah.